Hello, everybody. Welcome along to the Event Industry News Podcast. My name is James Dixon, wishing you all a very good morning, afternoon or evening, whenever and wherever you join today's podcast from. And um, as we record this uh, podcast, um, the season is in full swing, sort of. Um, I know our, our, our friends over in the USA have had Thanksgiving. We're certainly in the run-up to Christmas now in the UK. So um, depending on when this goes out, um, season's greetings to all of our podcast followers and a happy new year because indeed this uh, this may go out uh, very early in 2022. Um, and on with today's episode. And we're talking all things visual today. Um, many people, not just who work in the events industry, but who work in any sort of business will testify to the fact that um, visualization of, of concepts, of ideas can really, really help to push a message, to reinforce a message, to get information across and for people who are learning or being educated in any way to really understand what is being delivered to them. And that is very much the subject of today's episode as we welcome our guest. We are joined by the co-founder and CMO of Ink Factory, Mr. Ryan Robinson, who joins us from their headquarters in Chicago. Ryan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, as I was saying there, as you heard during that introduction, hopefully, Ryan, that, um, you know, visualization is is key to learning. And, 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 you know, most people will understand that you can read a thousand words. But if you can see some illustrations, some pictures, some graphics, things to support that, that information can often be absorbed by people a lot easier. And that's very much where Ink Factory comes, isn't it? Um, sure. Ex explain a little bit to our listeners about the concept of Ink Factory and how it serves the event industry. Yeah, right. Thank you, James. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, especially now more than ever, people are visual. There's a there's immediate gratification with with visuals. Um, people understand and learn from visuals faster than reading or, or from audible sources. Um, but Ink Factory is rooted in, in visual note taking. That's one of our core services. And what that is, is listening to a conversation, a speech, whether that's a brainstorm or a strategy session for, for some of our global clients. Um, a keynote speech, even just a, a simple brainstorm session between you know uh, two people, um, we actively listen in the room, um, synthesize, and then visualize in real time. So that way you can see your key messages, you can see your key ideas um, come alive. Um, and what that does at the root of it is it, it aids in engagement. As you said, and visuals are very impactful, uh, especially now in this in this kind of hybrid virtual setting we've been thrown into the past. You know, almost two years. Mm. Um, it also allows for people to to retain information, retain data, um, and also recall it. So after the event, after the brainstorming, instead of a, a typed list of meeting minutes, you can get this amazing visual that you saw being created in real time. So these bookmarks in the brain start to happen. You can recall this information. It just makes the whole entire experience a little more exciting than than a PowerPoint or, or an email recap. Absolutely. In, yep. in a world of, in a, in a digital world, this is a, the actual delivery of what you guys do is, is very analog, isn't it? Yep. It's, 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 it's art. It's being created <clears throat> by hand, you know, by a person who has a creative Absolutely. mind. Absolutely. And, and, and you're right. And, um, you know, prior to the pandemic, you know, we're, we're pretty much 90% digital supporting now, hand drawing dig on digital tablets, whether we're tapped into a huge in-person meeting or we're virtual and supporting events in different time zones in different parts of the world. Um, that alone, having a human create something that 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 you helped create just elevates the entire experience. 
Mm. And and I mean, usually what I do is at the end of the podcast, I'll give out websites, but uh, and we will give out those links at the end uh, uh, sure. of today's episode. But um, the, the first thing I did, but you know, when I looked ahead of today's episode, I looked at the Ink Factory website, and there are there are some pictures. You know, sure. uh, absolutely, there are, there are some pictures on there. But immediately, you understand what this concept is. I'm looking yep. at some of the artwork that's been created. Um, by your teams um, mm -hmm. at, at various different events. And you can just see the concept immediately. There are key words on there. There are cartoons, illustrations. Mm -hmm. There are colors. It, you know, a lot of it is black and white, but there are colors added where appropriate by yeah. the looks of things to, to highlight certain things. Um, right. How difficult was it to come up with, a, I suppose, a concept that could be adapted to suit different conferences, different events, different sessions, different types of, of project, but retain a certain identity so people instantly know that's Ink Factory. Yeah, right. That, I mean, that's a big question. And I think that's what sets us apart from, um, it's a very small industry, but that's what really sets us apart is, is the quality and, and the high touch we are with our clients, um, whether it's a high tech or a low tech approach to supporting their events. And we really you know, hone the skills that we have. We have 13 full-time people here at Ink Factory and probably 20, 25 globally that help support events whenever mm -hmm. they need to, whenever our staff can't support it. Um, but we really uh, focus on the training, not just people like me who have been doing this for 15, 20 years, but mm -hmm. everybody that's coming in, it's, it's not about how good you can draw. It's about how good you can listen, how well you can adapt uh, your neutral filter to the conversation. Um, and then there's also layers of hierarchy, color theory. Um, it's not about bright, beautiful pictures. It's really about the experience that the people have in the moment. And visual notes are really exclusive to people in the room. So what you see on our website a lot of times are public events. A majority of our work is, is under NDA. Um, the public events, you know, it, the visual notes, they're really great to look at. They're pretty cool. They're kind of land and learns for people that weren't at the event. Mm -hmm. um, they're, they're really rooted in the people that were experiencing it. And the other products we offer are the, uh, are vi the videos and the illustrations. And that's what really helps uh, focus content to an external audience. When we can really organize information into something that can be read without a vocal overlay or without the experience of seeing it created. So visual notes are really meant to be that exclusive memento, that's exclusive bookmark for your brain uh, of that conversation that you were a part of. Sure. Um, I, I'm guessing that a fine balance has to be struck in a, let's take an in-person event where mm -hmm. you may have a, a wonderful keynote stage and somebody delivering a session uh, mm -hmm. to, to a, a convention audience. Um, and one of your artists, presumably close by, delivering the artwork and creating right. this the synopsis, if you will, of that session in real time. Now, mm -hmm. the, the, the balance I'm guessing you have to strike is that that could potentially be a distraction for the audience because it is so visual. How, how do you work with event organizers to make sure that an audience's in-person focus remains on the content being delivered by sure. the session host and not maybe on the, on the artwork that's been created by your team? Sure. That's, that's a great question. And it's a question we get often. Um, you know, we, A, we're not there to upstage the presenter, the panelists, the keynote speaker, but we are that tool for people to learn. So sometimes clients will come to us and say, oh, let's just put you in the back of the room because we don't want people to be distracted, but it's the opposite. Um, they're gonna be witnessing the conversation come to life visually. Um, so when they get kind of quote unquote distracted, they're actually looking at the content that's being discussed. So it's the opposite. They're actually being attracted to the content. Um, 
the very few times we we um, kind of committed to to putting an artist in the back because of you know certain things that the client wanted, it was actually a bigger distraction. People are mm. constantly you know turning around and wanting to see it because cool. it's it's yeah. exciting. It's not a PowerPoint. It's not something that's automated. It's something that's a human's making. So that's the big um, kind of misconception is that it's a distraction. Um, mm. With digital, when we're there's an artist at a tablet and a desk, of course they're going probably going to be in the back of the room by the AV table being tapped into the projectors, we make a, a point to have the client give that one you know, sentence, um, hey, we have the artists from Ink Factory here creating visual notes in real time. So that way they know that there's a human part of it. Our artists are pretty, they're incredibly talented. And sometimes it does look like a machine's doing it because their handwriting is so impeccable. Yeah, their, yeah. their visuals are so quick and they know how to organize it and scale it and make it fit that sometimes people think it's a pre-scripted experience and it's not it's it's a human actually doing it and we're not privy to the conversation ahead of time or the script we we really listen to what what's being said in the moment because oftentimes we'll get a presentation back to the clients that think it's distracting they want to make sure all the content's visualized um we we often get handed scripts or talking points but it's nice to know but we always focus on what's being said what the emotion is the speed repetition those kind of key triggers that help our artists understand what's important or mm -hmm. what's part of the, the the string of the story to make it all come to life sure and that makes complete sense in some respects because i'm sure some of our our listeners right now will be thinking well you know surely some advanced prep is going to help you know the artist on site but then by the same token even the best prepared presenter and the most experienced presenter who may have delivered that keynote 50 times before, yeah. it will never be identical. It no. will never be the same presentation twice. Absolutely. So that person really has to retain that focus in the room, don't they, by the sounds of things, to, to make sure that they're picking up on every key detail and, and subtlety that that presenter is delivering. Absolutely. And, and if it's a, if it's a, a room of five people, uh, say we're, we're visualizing a C-suite meeting that, to talk about the strategy for the next six months or a year, um, or it's 10,000 people, there's still that energy in the room that is one of those layers that isn't necessarily seen, but it's, it's definitely felt. And, and you're right, a, 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 the best speaker in the world can, can have an off-track moment. Um, mm -hmm. Being a, a, a professional listener, essentially, we can also kind of tell the quality of, the, of the, the presenter. If it is a keynote speech, we can kind of tell what that story, how it's going to unfold within 30 seconds or a minute. If they're mm -hmm. just really fast and unclear and they're just flipping through slides and, you know, we can kind of say, okay, that, that's going to be something we need to, to ramp up our listening. If the really storytelling ability is, is strong, which I think a lot of speakers now are aware of, of the importance of storytelling, that's where we know, okay, this is going to be a very successful visual because they're going to have that story arc that's going to connect the end to the beginning and then all the story in between. And I was going to say, looking again at some of the examples that I saw um, prepping for today's um, podcast, it, it it strikes me straight away that, that this is something that from a, a learning point of view is a great tool post event for audiences, for, for the organizers themselves to be Absolutely. able to look at as a recap. But also what they're left with is, is you know, a, a piece of art as well that's relevant to their to their sessions as, as, as a visual aid you know w w why not have a memento you know on, on the office wall of, of those particular sessions you know absolutely. you can recap them for, for, for in in years to come yeah absolutely and that's an awesome point because what we've focused on the past you know five six years is 
seeing these these events we do, particularly in person where we're drawing on these massive artist boards and, and we turn around when the event's done and there's 50 people with their iPhones or their tablets taking photos of, of this mm -hmm. visual. Um, that's more exciting and, and, and more um, impactful than a squishy ball or a water bottle or yeah. a, a, a tote bag, things that are given away as swag. So we realize that like this is a more valuable version of swag that has a life beyond the bin that it probably gets tossed into after the event or the dog, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. your dog, your dog chews it up afterward because he saw the squishy ball and thought it was cute in a, in a toy. So we realize that the impactfulness can come with having this be this, this gift that they give back. It's not just in the moment, it's something they can come back to. And many clients, um, the, you know, they frame our pieces or they have them reprinted and frame yeah, or they gift, yeah. gift them to the speakers, the people that, that committed, a, you know, weeks of, of planning to do this. And wow. Yeah. What it, great it, idea. It, it, yeah. And, and we, we constantly will get, um, you know, emails of, of a photo of someone says, Oh my God, I saw your work in my office. Like, I can't believe it's still here. And that's what we did last year. And I can't believe all the things we accomplished on this list that you created. So it's, it's really a working tool and it really depends on the conversation. Uh, particularly the, the strategy and roadmap sessions are things that are this living document. So they get this conversation, no idea is a bad idea. Everything is, is relevant to the whole story or the plan. And six months later, they still have it. And, they, and it's a way to, to, to check on their progress too. Mm. Um, I have a couple of questions um, related to, to how how the artwork is delivered and I, I hope you don't mind me calling it artwork you know I don't know if you have a, a way to refer to it but but to me it's it, that was the most obvious phrase sure. and, and word to, to, to describe it looking at it um given the popularity now of virtual events of hybrid events given how most you know events now will have a, a degree of AV you know in their physical delivery um is it absolutely necessary that your artist is in the room or is there a scenario where you guys have a studio facility where you have a camera on the artist and that can be beamed onto a screen in the venue? Presumably that's something you can, you can make work. Absolutely. And, and to your point about the artwork, you know, the, we, we call them visual notes. Um, there's other words for it around the world, the graphic recording, graphic facilitation, sketch notes, but visual notes is a term that we came up with that we felt really represented what we do. And it's an easy thing for people to grasp. Um, a lot of times if you say, you know, we want an artist here, they think that they're going to be painting or drawing a representation <laughs> yeah. of the, of the physical room, uh, caricatures yeah. of things, but, but that's yeah. not true. Um, but the, you know, with the onslaught of the pandemic, we really, we rapidly switched to virtual support. Um, all of our artists, um, with the exception of myself and the two co-founders, because we're old school and we do analog, are trained, they're digital native. So right. we're able to tap in from our studio anywhere in the world. We've often supported events um, in the UK or in Asia. So we have to have an artist on on standby, you know, 2 or 3 a.m. in the morning. Mm -hmm. um, but but the, the beauty if you can call it that, of the pandemic is it really helped us rapidly switch to this virtual support. And that opened the door for how we best support clients. Not every event needs to have an artist on site. Uh, saves money on, on travel, just saves course, time yeah. and logistics. Um, yeah. Also just saves on the energy of, of our artists so they don't have to travel for, for a full day, check into a hotel, lug boards or equipment to a, to a site. So it, it helped a lot in, in really understanding the best way to support our clients. And I think that's what happened in, in this work from home era, this hybrid era, is that people realize how they best learn. 
And that's what became our success point in this pandemic is visual notes, specifically the real time live, whether it's virtual or analog, um, helped people connect better to the information. They didn't have to see a talking face. You know, after a year, the novelty of of Zoom bombs or someone walking by <laughs> in their underwear coming, you know, those things kind of, okay, yeah. we get it. So like, let's just turn our cameras off. We don't need it. But having the visual notes there, the live artists tapped in and we have the ability. So just as I can see you, you can see me, that webcam is their screen. So they can sure. be yeah. presented in real time. So that just really helped people understand and, and learn uh, better. Just they, sure. they just knew that there's a different way to do it. Um, and, and to your point about the distractions of putting the artist in the back of the room because it might be a distraction, um, some clients also don't want, they, they don't think that they want the artist's screen to be shown. They want it to be a surprise at the end, but that completely disconnects the dots of information. So the, the most value that we, we tell our clients you can bring is just having their visual notes live the whole time. Sure. And if, if, if anybody's ever watched a, you know, a TV show or anything like that, where, you know, you, you see these guys who can memorize, you know, decks of cards and things like that. Yeah. It, it, I, I recall straight away having watched a number of those over the years and, and they will always tell you how they do it is by creating these sort of mind maps and mm -hmm. journeys. You know, it's not about remembering every card or every item in this sequence. It's about creating a story in their minds that allows them to, to flow from one to the other. And that's how they remember it. And I guess that, that there is from a, um, a psychological and a, and a neurological point of view, there must be an element to that in what you guys do in that if people can see the story unfolding Absolutely. from beginning to end, they can see that journey. They can see that map. Absolutely. And, and two really um, important facts that are rooted in, in science, and we have some articles on our blog that speak to this, is uh, we as humans typically remember 80% of what we see. Mm -hmm. uh, you're flashing these flashcards that are visual versus flashing words. You're going to remember more of them that are visual. Um, and, and that's, you know, 20% of that is you, you'll remember 20% remember of what you hear versus the 80% of what you see. And that's rooted in, you know, we process visuals up to 60,000 times faster than text. Um, and that's, that's incredible. And, and mm -hmm. there's, there's a lot of science behind that. And I think that number has probably changed since some of the old school ways of business and learning have, have been pushed out. And these new ways that are more visual, more, more video, more illustrations, more yeah, picture driven. Yeah. Um, that number has probably increased. So that that's those are two facts that we really rely on because we know that even though someone says, oh, I can barely draw a straight line, I don't know how to, you know, that doesn't mean that they don't understand the power of visual language. Of course. I mean, this I is rooted in, in you know, caveman times and in, in hi ancient hieroglyphics. There, it was all visual based and then language started to come in and, and diversifying with characters and stuff. But it's our mm -hmm. learning style is rooted in, you know, there's a bear drawn on a cave in, in, in France and, you know, they, <laughs> of course. Yeah. And the most, you know, to, to me straight away, that one of the most obvious exponents of that is, is something like, you know, traffic signs, road signs, mm -hmm. when you're driving, sure. you know, why do we have symbols that represent certain hazards or certain yeah. uh, key messages we want to get across? Okay. We're moving at speed. So it has to be delivered right. quickly. We have to recognize it quickly. Sure. We don't have long words. We have symbols. We have signs yeah. that people recognize instantly. Yeah. I mean, um, if you're in Japan or if you're in, in the UK, you know the 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 universal sign for a toilet or do not walk course, or yeah. you know yeah. danger or do not enter it's universal and, and and there's some variations on on color and and styles and stuff that evolved but the root of it is still visual and you can understand that 
Well, you mentioned colours there, and, and I guess that's that's probably a point that we should touch on as well, mm -hmm. because, um, you know, universally, we see red, we think danger, we see green, we think go, you know, mm -hmm. blue is calming, um, et cetera, et cetera. You know, what what role do colour associations play in the in the visual notes that, that, that your artists are creating? Is that a key part of it? Again, do certain colours represent certain things within the the, the, the finished piece? Yeah, it can be. And I think it's situational. So it's definitely dependent upon what the topic is or what the, the end goal of it is. If it's a strategy strategy session or, or brainstorm session, um, you know, those colors come into play of, of, you know, caution or let's stop yeah. this or let's go on this. When we're doing, um, say, a conference or a trade show, when, when the company is releasing a product or talking about a service that they offer, we really tap into the color of their brand. And their identity and use those colors as inspiration to create these visuals mm. um oftentimes you know that's the start of the conversation for prep and planning is okay what what colors do you want to avoid fedex is known for you know their purple and oranges and those are very specific and, and you can't cross pollinate those and um you know if we we're working for the us-based brand target um stores uh it's going to be very different because if we did everything in blue that's not target brand, they're red. So mm. those things we take into account, um, less so now, but uh, on the grand scheme of things with conferences and trade shows, because they do want it to have a visual impact. And sometimes that added bonus of using colors mm. helps it. But with strategy sessions, it's, it's really important to, to understand what that role is, what color theory plays. And, and you, you hit, hit it correctly with, you know, red means caution or stop and green typically means go especially in the business world and yeah. as we evolved and in, in, in used more visuals um with the clients we support that's still relevant those numbers are still you know key what well, one little point before I, I i i sort of touch on on some other questions that i've got for you um we, we've explored and, and identified that these uh visual notes can be delivered virtually you know mm -hmm. you would have your artist with their with their blank board and a camera fixed on them and that feed is being beamed into a, a convention in tokyo mm -hmm. or frankfurt or somewhere um do your artists also work with things like you know ipad pros and and sort mm -hmm. of the ipad the digital pens you know can they create them in that you know actual digital scenario so that then you know digital copies are available and that they can be emailed and things like that Absolutely. And, and we use our, our core tools, our iPad pros, um, using a program called procreate, um, and then a, a multitude of different ways to connect it to whatever that platform is typically zoom on mm -hmm. 24 or go to meeting those, right. those standard ones. There's some wild cards out there, which have a little bit higher production value. Sometimes we have to use other kind of third party programs to connect them. But, sure, yeah. um, the root of it is, is the iPad pros. We, when we first started doing digital, um, we used uh, Wacom Cintiqs, so those mm -hmm. large drawing tablets. There's a couple in the room right here, but yeah. iPads are, are really, especially now the quality and the speed that you can That's do. Cool. Uh, the advantage of that too is we can also do a recording of this being done. So mm. you can do whether it is a one-to-one -one recording of the actual drawing being done for that duration of that conversation, or it's it's a compressed 30-second, really cool, fast drawing of, of the entire conversation. And sometimes that's great for... If, if the event can be public or if they're sharing it in a, in an email communication, those are really cool ways to kind of, again, bring that story back to what the content was and share it again in an email or on social media and just kind of keep that, the content front and center. That, that's, that's amazing. And I, and I guess, well, I, I, I guess I'm, I'm assuming here, but with the iPad pro and I'm just sort of thinking again in, in, 
practical scenarios and real life scenarios from a production point of view, you know, if you've got uh, a convention with multiple rooms and multiple sessions mm -hmm. taking place, presumably you have the capacity for artists to be on their iPad pros and maybe, you know, moving around venues, you know, doing yep. things digitally with wireless connections to different yep. screens in different rooms and things like that. Yeah, it's, it's completely possible. We have done a couple events where we had an artist roaming and capturing different conversations and breakouts. The only um, caution that we put to clients is uh, they're going to be entering a conversation at different points of that conversation. So of course, if you yeah. have seven breakouts and they're starting with a prompt or a question, as that artist comes in and then goes to the next one, they're already going to going to be 10 minutes into that conversation. So you're going to mm. meet at a different point. So sometimes we create tools or prompts for the clients to maybe have a helper in each room, or if their budget is is allowing, um, which is always great to do, to have an artist in each room. And sure. it just depends, it depends on the event. Sometimes, you know, a, a conference will only have maybe one round of breakouts. That might not be valuable to have an artist for each one, but if they're having two or three day events where there's five sessions of breakouts, it's really important, I think, to have uh, if they can have an artist in each one or have the tools to come back to do a report back that isn't just a, a, a mm. two minute yell out as much as you can in two minutes, <laughs> but it is a fruitful five or 10 or 20 minute recap of what you talked about. And again, it really is situational. It depends on the content as well. Sure. Um, uh, something I, I felt was really important to touch on today is, is, is I suppose, not just client feedback, but audience feedback, the people mm -hmm. who are actually watching these sessions uh, to which your team are creating these visual notes. Um, so much of the events industry now is data-driven. You know, So many of the, the key elements of running yeah. an event now are, have been digitized that yeah. event organizers get all of these metrics back to be able to see, did that platform work? Did my registration work? How engaged with the audience with the questions? Because they use digital Q&A platforms now mm -hmm. to pose questions. Um, how difficult or easy is it for you to get feedback from your clients' audiences in order for you to be able to see how successful the visual note that you've created right. for any given session has actually been? That's a great question. And, and um, you know, it's it's rare that we actually can get hard data from clients from events of how successful our visual notes were on the data side of this many engagements um when it's a public event um social media uh is a great way to gauge the impact because oftentimes our visual notes sadly sometimes is the most exciting thing about the event <laughs> and we don't want to we don't want to upstage the keynote speakers but yeah but oftentimes you know the, especially in the live events too um you know instead of taking pictures with the the keynote speaker or screen grabs of who's talking it's screen grabs of our visual notes and 90 percent, probably a little bit more of our work of our client base is word of mouth and mm. i think that's a reflection on the impact that our work has sure. if it's if it's a a, a global meeting with one company and they're all in the same, you know, uh, domain, uh, we'll get quite a bit of, of email leads from people that have saw that have, have seen our work. If sure. it's a, a convert, uh, uh, convention like Adobe max or, or Autodesk university, where maybe it's a software platform and there's thousands of different companies around the world that use that will get a lot of inquiries from that as well. And I think that's the data that we really pay attention to. I and mean, we track that ourselves too. So mm. the client might not track that, um, 
but we track that. We track where they come from and how they heard of us. And that's always a, a key um, driver in, in how successful our visual notes are and how mm. impactful they are. In amongst that point, um, you've touched on what, what may be the elephant in the room for some event organizers, um, which is that not every session at every event or every convention or conference is going to be, you know, Steve Jobs delivering the yeah. iPhone. You know, I've been there. We've looked at sessions, at, you know, when organizing conferences and gone. You know, we're not sure how exciting this is going to be. You know, the subject matter may be absolutely relevant to the subject uh, and the the nature of the industry that, that that particular event is serving but the nature of that industry itself may not be the most exciting or glamorous thing in the world so actually that there is a scenario with with what you guys do to help actually bring a level of production a level of excitement to a session that or or a type of event that may otherwise be a sort of a pretty run-of-the-mill oh crap we've got to go out the office for two days to sit <laughs> yeah. in these sessions yeah absolutely and, and that that's completely true and and um there are some industries that that you know the type of personalities in the room you know the type of content there are some sessions that we definitely can recommend not be visualized because it's just not going to be fruitful. Like if it's <laughs> if you if if someone's going to be presenting hard numbers, so data that are just charts and graphs, there's no value in in, in really doing what we do in the live moment. Mm -hmm. If we were to take that information, work with the client for a couple of weeks, and tell a visual story on that data, that's a whole different thing. But in the moment those type of, of sessions definitely um, run a little bit dry and sometimes too fast because um, the people that are presenting it and want that information don't learn the same way that us typically learn. <laughs> they, they, <laughs> yeah. love, they love those charts and graphs and Excel spreadsheets and, and, and um, you know, they, they can use our visuals uh, as a way to just make it more interesting. But more often than not, those are the type of, of content um, that we, you know, tend to, not enjoy sure. as much sure um we're, we're getting towards time today ryan but before before i start wrapping up um, the last thing i wanted to ask you was um about the training and, and you know mm -hmm. th th there are undoubtedly loads of great artists out there loads of great yeah. graphic designers people who who can draw and visualize things brilliantly but a point you made very early on in today's episode was the the key skill of listening you know, that, that's ultimately yeah. the artist has to be able to listen to what is being said in the room yeah. and observe and pay attention to that particular session in order to do their job correctly. Um, sure. How how difficult is it from a recruitment point of view for you to find artists and how easy is it for you to get that key message across to them and then subsequently train them? What's that process like for you? It's, it's pretty lengthy. Um, you know, we, when Lindsay... Uh, Dusty and myself, the three co-founders, started doing this. We were embedded into as knowledge workers into a global consulting firm, and this methodology was part of a rapid workshop that they did with clients. Instead of doing six to twelve months of of, of workshopping, they would cram it into two or three days. And this was a role that you were pushed into, and just sweaty and nervous, and you know, like you wouldn't sleep at night because you're so nervous that you had to draw in front of people. And that's a great way to learn sometimes, but there's a better <laughs> way to learn. And we have found artists from all different backgrounds. The two that we just recently hired um, have an art background. Um, they're they're tremendously talented as illustrators. Mm -hmm. um, Personality-wise, they're fantastic. But the listening part is something that is, is definitely learned. Um, also listening to your ego. So 
when you're is listening to a conversation and you're visualizing it, don't get stuck up on the the visuals part of it, drawing a perfect picture. It's not about that. So those are the three things is kind of the personality and how they approach something, the listening skills, and then the creativity, I think, doesn't necessarily come last, but it's definitely icing on the cake. Um, but our training program is, you know, probably upwards of 12 weeks, depending upon the person. Um, mm -hmm. They are about 90 days into their training and, you know, we'll kind of release them to the wolves uh, shortly, <laughs> but, but they've been doing lots of TED Talks and, and actual recorded client events as well. So they're getting real life experience, um, yeah. but it's really about helping them and guiding them of like, okay, let's not focus on this you know, element, let's really focus on what they were saying and how that connects and hierarchy and how to organize it. You know, there's, there's a learning curve to it. We just don't throw somebody in. And I guess, you know, just picking up on that with something like YouTube. Now you can hop onto YouTube, pick up any Ted talk you want. And presumably for somebody who is new to the, sure. to, to, to what you guys are doing, you can put them in front of a screen with their blank board and say, right, give me a visual note of this Ted talk. And they could practice, I suppose, to their hearts sure. content just using something like youtube yeah they they can absolutely and the, the the great thing that they have that we didn't have when we started doing this you know back in the early 2000s was you know we are essentially giving them a day-to-day -day master class so they do mm -hmm. these visual notes they test them then they have a whole team of people that are skilled in doing this to review it make recommendations real-time feedback so their growth pattern i think is faster than what our growth pattern was you know 18 years ago Sure. Um, so that that's pretty cool too, and and we had a lot, we had a, a tremendous amount of applicants for the positions that we uh, had open, and we were initially going to just hire one person to add onto our team this year, but we ended up hiring two, just mm -hmm. because of ramping up people. Uh, we want to make sure we maximize that, but um, yeah, it's been it's been interesting. Um, but having that real time feedback, um, positive, negative, critical, constructive, those are all really important in your growth pattern, and I think that's part of the ego of a lot of artists that artists don't like to be told that their work is not good or they did something bad. Like they, <laughs> I didn't, I, I have a, a photography background in marketing and um, I never liked when someone was like, well, I like it, but you know, I think this could be better this way. And you know, you're an artist and you're like, no, this is my creativity, but they do really, <laughs> they, they really respond to that really well because they know that it's not just an art form. It, there's, mm -hmm. there's an entire tool set that they are bringing to a client that they need to make sure is polished and perfect. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We've been talking on the podcast today to Ryan Robinson, who joins us from uh, the Ink Factory base in Chicago, talking about visual notes and this, this concept that Ink Factory deliver, whereby one of their artists will deliver a fantastic visual representation of a conference session, you know, of a, of a panel session, anything that may happen at a, a conference where content is being delivered, their guys can actually turn this into visual notes and artwork and stuff that can be digested by the clients, by the audiences, by the attendees, and really help them to understand what was delivered in that session. It's been fascinating talking to you today, Ryan. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, before we go, I said quite early on in the podcast that your website has got some great, you know, images on there that maybe can put into context a little bit about the stuff yep. that we've been talking about today how do people find you how, how do they check you out social media websites things like that yeah sure um our website is inkfactorystudio.com and there you'll find all our all of our other services videos illustrations we also teach this um as workshops and then we have a great blog that has a, a great curated collection of how to's 
highlights things that we find really relevant in the field from the scientific research side to the fun side and how to do different tools and techniques. Uh, our social is, you know, Ink Factory Studio uh, on at Instagram. I mean, I think that's the, the best way to see some things more in real time. So, mm. you know, fun little hashtag holidays or uh, introductions to new techniques, new, new little training uh, modules and stuff. Those two channels are probably our best way that you can reach and find out more about us. Fantastic. So uh, there you go, guys. Everybody tuning into today's podcast, head over to at Ink Factory Studio on Instagram and check out um, what those guys are up to. And uh, as Ryan said, if you want to find out a little bit more about how to get involved with them, find out what they can do for you. If you are an event organizer, inkfactorystudio.com is their website. And of course, you can check out our own website. If you're listening to this today, head over to eventindustrynews.com. You can check out the latest news features and special supplements that have been generated by the Event Industry News team. And whilst you're on there, you can also check out video versions of all of our podcasts. Of course, if you're already on that website, hello to you and thanks for tuning into today's video podcast. Don't forget that you can also access all of our podcasts as audio-only versions via whatever your chosen podcast platform is. I think we're across most of the major podcast platforms. So hop on there, search for the Event Industry News podcast and give us a listen whilst you are out and about. Or if you have that rare thing of downtime in between events or <laughs> at events. Um, Ryan, it's been great uh, to speak to you today. Thanks very much again to uh, for joining us. Ryan Robinson is the co-founder and CMO at Ink Factor and has joined the podcast today from Chicago over in the USA. Um, as I said, we're, we're recording this a little bit before Christmas. It may go out in the new year. So uh, a very Merry Christmas season's greetings to all of our podcast followers or a Happy New Year, depending on when you tune into this from. Uh, yeah, very best for a safe uh, and happy season. Stay safe, everybody. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Ryan, thanks for joining us. We'll see you soon. Thank you, James. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.